And everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Turn in your Bible with me. Here we go. I think I can. I think I've kind of, I think I can get up to a preaching this morning. Second Peter chapter three. We're going to keep going. And ladies, this, my wife said, are you going to preach a Mother's Day message? And I said, sure. This is a Mother's Day message. It's called Doomsday Preppers. Preparing your life and family for the end of days. And let me tell you something, mothers, it's not your job just to get your kids out of high school. It's not your job just to get, keep them out of jail. It's your job to prepare as long as the, along with the husband's job to prepare our family for the return of Jesus Christ to planet earth. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is coming again. We used to sing a song, Jesus is coming back to stay. Could be any time or day. Jesus is coming back. I know the Holy Spirit told me so. So praise the Lord. I'm going to shout hallelujah. Amen. Go praise the Lord. Going to shout how something, amen, Jesus is coming again. Now, that's a neat little ditty, but the reality is Jesus is coming back to planet Earth. When you look, you began to read the New Testament, you'll discover that it's all about Jesus. Everybody say it's all about Jesus. It's all about him coming to redeem us and to save us and to deliver us from sin and then come back and receive us. He said, he told his disciples, he said, I'm going away, but I'm coming. I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I will come again. Everybody say he's coming again. He's coming again to receive us to himself. He said that where I am, there you may be also. And so we've been endeavoring to prepare you over the last, uh, gosh, this is, uh, Week number seven, uh, we took a break on Easter Sunday. Uh, but let me just quickly go through with you some of the things we've talked about. The first one we realized in Revelation 1 was a revelation of Jesus. Everybody say a revelation of Jesus. We looked at Matthew 24, 25, Revelation 1 and 2, and we realized, hey, if we're going to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth, we need to have a revelation of Jesus. We're having a little glitchy on our screen there, so I'm just going to go, and if he catches up, good. And if he if he gets behind, he'll have to shut her off, because I'm geared up this morning. Uh, and John the Revelator saw Jesus, and he was overwhelmed by him. And we said this, if you want to, if you want to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ and to be able to stand strong in the end of days and not be overwhelmed by the end of days, you've got to be overwhelmed by the ancient of days. Have a revelation of Jesus in your life. Today, if you've never met him, you need to know him desperately. He needs to be your savior, your healer, your friend. Come on, could I get a better amen? Then we talked about having a revelation of the church. You know, everybody likes to criticize the church. You know why there's some people here today, not here today? Because they're not in love with Jesus and his church. They think they don't need the church. Let me tell you something, in all her problems, and how many of you know churches are made up of human beings, right? How many of you know pastors are human beings? Deacons are human beings. Sunday school teachers are human beings. That means we're all sinners. We all got issues. You read Revelation 2 and 3, the letters to the churches, the most of them had issues. But where do we see Jesus in the end of days? When he's given his revelation, he's walking in the midst of his churches. And I said this, if you, if you want to prosper and be healthy and holy and, 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 and in the will of God, uh, in the, in these end of days, you need to be where Jesus is. You know where Jesus is? He's in church. He's walking in the midst of his churches. Amen. And then we talked about the revelation of real relationship. 
Revelation 1.9, John the Revelator wrote this. He said, to my brothers and companions in the tribulation. And we said this about the last of days. And if you want to be blessed and prosper and be strong in the last days. Everybody say we're living in the last days. It's not prestige or power or prominence that will hold you up. But righteous relationships with the brothers and sisters and the family of God will do that for you. Amen. And so the revelation of the church and the revelation of relationship. And then we gave you the revelation last couple of weeks. The revelation of the dynamic duo. Everybody say the word of God and the spirit of God. Come on, say it. The word of God and the spirit of God. God gave us His Word and He gave us His Spirit to fulfill His kingdom purpose. And oh, we need to read this together because everybody needs to get this. Hey, He caught up. Thanks, Ike. Here we go. Here we go. To guard and undergird our lives and families in the midst of these deceptive and difficult days, as well as be able to go into all the world with the gospel, we must be governed and guided by God's Holy Word and His Holy Spirit in all of our ways and in all of our days. Everybody say amen. That's just good stuff right there. We need to take that home to the, to the house and chew on that a little bit. All of us need to be filled and, and, and brought up in the midst and, and, and embrace the Word of God. But we also need the Spirit of God. Everybody in here needs to be filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Word of God and the Spirit of God are here in our lives to empower us to fulfill His kingdom purpose. And everybody said, Amen. Now, are you in 2 Peter chapter 3? If you're in 2 Peter chapter 3, say, I'm there, Pastor. Awesome. I'm going to read this entire chapter for you, and I've got, I've got uh, 28 minutes to accomplish this. Probably not, I'm probably going to bust uh, that. Uh, we'll do our best. But let me read this chapter that we're going to talk today about the revelation of responsibility. Everyone say responsibility. When you realize that you, that Jesus is coming back to planet earth, it brings to bear a new responsibility in all of us. When you begin to, when you get a revelation that Jesus is coming back in this, in, 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 to, to planet earth, it, it, how many of you know knowledge sometimes bears responsibility? If you have knowledge that someone has broken a, a law and a crime, that brings a, it brings to bear responsibility on your part, correct? All those things. So knowledge brings responsibility. And that's why when people ask me certain things and I know the answer, sometimes I just go, I don't know. You better ask Jim. Because I know if I start sharing knowledge, it brings to bear responsibility. And so uh, we've got to realize that. And so Second Peter 3, it talks about the, 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 the day of the Lord. I'm going to read it kind of fast, but you follow along. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your minds by way of reminder. That's a key point. He's wanting them to remember some things. He said that you may be mindful or remembering of the words which were spoken before the whole, by the holy prophets. There's that word of God again. And of the commandment of us and the apostles of, of the Lord and of our Lord and Savior. Knowing this. Everyone say knowing this. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking a, according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For, for since the fathers fell asleep, all these things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Uh, did you know most of us live like that? We live like these scoffers are saying, 
They've been saying he's coming back for years. He ain't coming back. All right? Now, you need to understand what, what, what he's talking about here. And so, he is knowing this, first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For, for since the fathers fell asleep, all these things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that, when, that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment. Everybody say the day of judgment. And the perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that the Lord, with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. Now I'm just gonna, I'm gonna commentary here just for a moment. He said, the scoffers say, Jesus is not coming back. He, they said he's coming back. He's not coming back. Everybody says he's coming back. He's not coming back. And Peter says, you need to remember something. You need to remember that God created the earth. And that he is coming back. And the day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. He doesn't think about time the way you think about time. And if you start thinking in, in this temporal mindset, when you think of Jesus coming back, you're going to be surprised. Who was that, Gomer Powell? Surprised. You'll be surprised at his return and not prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. And then he says, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. What's he talking about? The promise to come back, come again. You remember he promised he would come again. Tell somebody else around you, Jesus is coming again. He's not slack concerning his promise. In other words, he hadn't forgot about this. A day with the Lord's a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, but he's long suffering now. Here's why Jesus has not come back yet. Are you ready? But is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus wants your family and your friends and the whole world born again before he comes back. And that's why the church is here. We were born for this. Amen? And then he says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved. Now, this is our keynote verse. Since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? In other words, hey, that because you know this, it bears responsibility on your part on how you live life on planet earth. You see, knowledge bears responsibility. Looking for, he said, verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Consider that the law, now we're seeing that he's beginning to talk more about the responsibility we have. Be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of the things in which are some things hard to to understand which untaught and unstable unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures you therefore everybody say we therefore 
We therefore, beloved, since we know, or you know this beforehand, be, see, there, because you know this beforehand, you have knowledge of the return of Jesus Christ. We therefore beforehand beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. And everybody say the last word of that chapter. Amen. That's a lot, but I'm telling you in that one chapter, there's a huge import, a huge download of info about the responsibility we have with the revelation and the reality of the return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth. You see, that knowledge bears responsibility on your part. In fact, the Scripture says now you're without excuse. When you begin to know some things, you're without excuse. You can't say, well, uh, 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 uh. And so today we need to embrace the responsibility of how we live our life. In fact, here's what I want you to know. What's going on in the world today? And you see it in 2 Peter chapter 3, even from verse 3 down to verse 8. Uh, the Antichrist spirit. How many of you know the Antichrist spirit is already among us? You see it everywhere. The Antichrist spirit is on the offense and he's endeavoring to undermine this great truth about the revelation of the return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth. The Antichrist spirit is, is, is undermining the reality of the return of Jesus Christ. That's why the church is so melancholy. That's why people are so mediocre. That's why people are so self-centered is because they really don't embrace the reality of the return of Jesus Christ to this planet. And when, when that revelation hits you, that, and, and let me just say, did you know we're closer to the return of Jesus than any other people on planet earth ever were? And so we ought to embrace the reality. And so in the next few moments, let me just show you some things. In fact, let me give you today's main PowerPoint. You gotta get this. This is what you gotta take home with you. And it is this. The knowledge of the imminent return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth should move us to live out our lives much differently than other people. Read that with me out loud. The knowledge of the imminent return of Jesus. Come on, everybody out loud. Come on. I need everybody. If you can't read today, God bless you. But I, if you can read today, let me hear you out loud. Here we go. The knowledge of the imminent return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth should move us to live out our lives much differently than other people. Sadly, though, if you put us in a big crowd and intermingle us, with the rest of the world, it'd be hard to tell the difference. It's because of the Antichrist spirit that is so prevalent in our culture today. And the knowledge of their imminent return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth should move us, should motivate us to live out our lives much differently than other people. If you knew Jesus Christ was coming to your house to have supper tonight, where would you be? You'd be prepping the house. You'd be preparing your life. Some of you would be in the altar crying out for forgiveness and to get your hearts right and ready to meet the return of Jesus Christ. Come on, he's coming again. Tell somebody Jesus is coming again. So with that in mind, let me just give you uh, quickly, I'll do it rather quickly. Let me give you seven insights about what manner of persons you ought to be. 
Because look at verse 11. Since, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, in other words, the day Jesus will come back and this world will melt with a fervent heat, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? In other words, what how, what kind of living should be going on for those who have embraced the return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth? Let me just give you some from this chapter right here. Number one, how what manner of persons ought, ought we to be? Number one, we need to be mindful. Everyone say mindful. Look what he said in verse 1 and 2. He said, I'm writing you to remind you of some things. What am I reminding you about? I'm reminding you about what the Bible says. Listen today. How do we build our lives? We should build our lives based upon what the Bible says. How should we live our lives? We should live our lives based upon what the Bible says. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says Jesus Christ is coming back to planet Earth. We've got to remember that. We've got to come into a, a reality that the Bible is true. This is the Word of God. We talked about that in the dynamic duo, the embracing of the truth of the Word of God. And some people, you look at it skeptically and you try to make it fit your lifestyle. Listen, you can't make the Bible fit the way you live. I've seen people try to do it. The Sadducees and the Pharisees did it all the time. You know why they called them Sadducees? Because they were always sad, you see. They didn't have the truth in their life. And understand something. When you get a hold of the Word of God and you say, hey, I'm not going to examine the Scriptures. I'm going to let the Scriptures examine me. I'm not going to make the Scriptures try to fit my life. I'm going to let the, the Word of God change my life and transform me. And the first thing he said, listen, Jesus is coming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But listen, Jesus is coming again. And you better remember that, my friend. Don't forget this because there's scoffers everywhere and they're telling you it's not true. They're telling you it's not happening. They're, they're, they're deceiving and undermining the truth of the Word of God. Woo. Everybody say, be mindful. And when you read through Peter and Second Peter, you, man, he just, it's just chock full. I wish I had time to go back through Second Peter. He just, in fact, look in verse, verse three. He said, knowing this. Everybody say, knowing this. In other words, man, you got to know some things. And when you live with the knowledge of Jesus coming back to planet Earth, you better not forget that fact. That's what Jesus said. Be ready. Be mindful. Number two, be faithful. Everybody say, be faithful. Verse 9, uh, the, the last part where it says, uh, Jesus is not willing that any should perish. Listen, he, he left us here to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're to teach them uh, and, and uh, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We've got to be faithful about the business of the church. What's the business of the church? Well, the business of the church is to take care of my kids and to help them be blessed and to get, you know, and, and, and watch out. And listen, the business of the church is to win people to Jesus. Everybody say, more for heaven, less for hell. That's the business of the church. And that's your business. It ought to be your business. It ought to be my business. You know, we say, what's the business of the church? Well, we're supposed to win the world of Christ. Well, then we need to ask ourselves, how's business? How's business at your house? Are we being faithful with the call of God to win people to Christ? Let me just say to you, there's people going to hell today that you know. 
They're on their way to a devil's hell. And without Christ and without a faithful witness into their life, they may split hell wide open one day soon. And we've got to be faithful. What manner of persons ought we to be? Because this earth is going to melt with a fervent heat when Jesus comes back. We've got to be people who remember and embrace the truth and embrace the reality of Christ in our life. And then number two, we've got to be faithful with what the Bible says for us to do. And that is to go into all the world and make a difference. Amen? And then number three, what manner of persons ought we to be? We need to be spiritual for goodness sake. That verse 11 talks about how, you know, holy and being holy and righteous. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Listen, uh, uh, we need to ask ourselves how we're living life. And if you're living life on the, on the edge, kind of just trying to, uh, you know, get in by the hair of your chinny chin chin and living in the flesh, living in the world and dabbling with things you know you don't need to be dabbling with. Listen, my friend, Jesus is coming again. What manner of persons ought we to be? We need to flee after youthful lust, flee away from them and, and become righteous and holy and begin to be more like Christ every day of our life. Amen. We gotta be spiritual. Let me, let me tell you something. Spirituality isn't found near as much as in what we say, but it is found in what we do, how we live our life. Holy and without blame before him in love. Number, oh, I could say more about that. In fact, if you want a little footnote, if you want to, if you want to figure out how to be more spiritual, go back to chapter one and verse one through ten. Just read there. He says, verse five, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. If these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but, but, Whoever lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from, from his old sins. He, and then he goes on to say, if you'll do these things, you will not stumble. What will you be? You'll be spiritual for goodness sake. Amen. You know what the world needs to see in us? Jesus. And when people see you, do they see Jesus? You know, when I walk through the crowd of this, these el- the El, I call them El, El Miradorians, the people of El Mirador. I think some of them never seen Jesus. They don't, some of them did. Some of them, you know, you know, one of our, our next team, they're bringing back Bibles. Everybody wanted a Bible. They didn't have Bibles. And I thought, this may be the only Jesus they ever see. Jesus fed people. We want to feed people. We want to bless them. They need to see Jesus. What does the world see when they see you? Do they see a sharp, savvy businessman or businesswoman? Hey, that's cool. Do they see a good mama? That's cool. But hey, through all of that, they need to see Jesus. What matter of persons ought we to be? We should be mindful, be faithful, be spiritual. And number four, we got to be peaceful. Everybody say peaceful. Look at verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him where? Everybody say, in peace. Listen, in the middle of trouble and trauma, the whole world needs peace. I'm telling you, 
If, if the church will learn how to walk in the peace of God in the middle of an unpeaceful, uh, 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 troubled world, the church will be like a magnet for people who are searching for something on the inside to give them peace. And Peter said, listen, what, I'll tell you what the matter of person you need to be because of the reality of the return of Jesus Christ. You need to be remembering of what the Bible says. Be faithful with the call of God. Embrace the spirituality and the character of Christ and walk in the peace of God because everybody's looking for somebody who's tapped into real peace. Be peaceful. Everybody say peaceful. I wish I could tell, tell you more about that. You can write down a couple of verses if, if you like. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 and Colossians 3, 15. And notice what he says. Be diligent to be found by him in peace. When Jesus comes back, he doesn't want you biting your fingernails. When Jesus comes back, he doesn't want you worried about the house payment. When Jesus comes back, he doesn't want you fretting about issues that are, are not conducive to the kingdom of God. We've got to be walking in the peace of God. Listen, in today's world, it's important to embrace the peace of God. Everybody say, be peaceful. Number five, when Jesus comes back, hey, what matter of persons ought we need to be? We need to be watchful. Jesus taught us that in Matthew 24 and 25. If we go back, watch therefore. Everybody say, watch therefore. But look what Peter said in verse 11 and, and 12. Verse 12, he says, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. He says, we need to embrace that. Nevertheless, verse 13, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We are watching for, we are prepping for, we are waiting, anticipating, uh, expectantly for the return of Jesus Christ to planet earth. Amen. This could be the dawning of that grand and glorious day. When the face of Jesus I behold. Everybody say be watchful. What manner of persons ought we to be? Because of the revelation of the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus Christ. We should be mindful. We should be faithful. We should be spiritual. We should be peaceful. We should be watchful. But number five, we should be hopeful. You see, the return of Jesus Christ scares some people because they're not ready. Listen, we ought to be hoping for and embracing the return. Look what verse 14 says. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things. Because we live such a temporal, uh, uh, self-centered lifestyle, it's hard to understand and embrace the reality that planet Earth is the shortest amount of time you'll ever live anywhere. And the reality is heaven is real. Somebody say heaven is real. Heaven is real. I'm going to live with him one day for eternity in heaven. I'm going to go to heaven someday. I hope it's, I hope it's soon, but I hope I can win as many people to Christ before I go to heaven. We don't know when our days are numbered, but we need to be hopeful about the, the return of Jesus Christ to planet earth and realize that one of these days there will be a time when there's no more sadness, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more trouble. Come on now. That's eternity with Jesus. Whoo! Where the lion will lay down with the lamb. When the devil is defeated. Nobody cared about that. There'll come a time when the devil is defeated. When he's all, he's already been defeated, but we get to see the final hoorah. When he's cast into the lake of fire. Amen.
In fact, most people's hope is so narrow. What are you hoping in today? Well, I hope I hope I get that raise. I hope this, knock on wood. I hope that. I hope I make a good grade on my test. Listen, the Bible teaches that our hope should be in the soon coming return of Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13 says this, looking for the blessed hope and the glory, glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ought to be looking for that blessed hope. There's a blessed hope. My definition of hope is a confident expectation of good for the future. Most people don't live with that in their mind in today's world. They read the news. They look on TV. They see the trouble in our land. They see trouble around the world. And there's, they think well, there's no hope. People have no hope all over the world people killing themselves, people trouble, trauma, taking things, trying to uh, soothe and assuage the pain of their life. They've lost hope. Let me tell you something. The church in the last days ought to be hopeful about the return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth. Have a confident expectation of good for our future. Listen, I'm excited about heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. And then number seven. What matter of persons ought we to be because of the return of Jesus Christ, the imminent return of Jesus Christ to planet earth, that knowledge, listen, it ought to change the way you live here in this life. We ought to be mindful, faithful, spiritual, peaceful, watchful, and hopeful. And finally, we ought to be careful. Everybody see, be careful. Look at the last two verses. You therefore, beloved, since you know this, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked. How many of you know deception is abounding? That, what, what was Jesus' first words when the disciples asked those questions in Matthew 24? When are you coming back? When's this going to be? What will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? They asked those three questions like rocket fire. Hey, we need some help here. We need Answer these questions. The first thing he said, hey, first thing I need to tell you about these days, take heed that no one deceives you. You don't be deceived. The second thing he said, don't be troubled. Those are the two words, the first two words to the disciples about the end of days. Listen, we need to live a life uh, covered in the Spirit of God and the Word of God that guards us against the deception of this world. And so we've got to be careful. Be careful because the deception is abounding. It's in, it's in invading our culture at a rapid breakneck speed. We need to awaken to the reality. Hey, listen, the gospel is being watered down to a good... Listen, there's only one way to heaven and His name is Jesus. You can't get to heaven by being good. You can't get to heaven by doing good things. The only way you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. You can't, you gotta go through Him. You gotta get to the cross and, and bow your knee before Him. All roads don't, well, all roads do lead to God, but there's only one road that'll lead you on into heaven. Because the Bible says we'll all stand before Him one day and give an account for our life. Are you with me? We've got to be careful not to be led astray. Not to let our flesh lead us astray. Let me just say it this way. As he closes out with this last verse, he says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, we need to be careful to keep growing. Everybody say, be careful to grow. 
Are you growing spiritually? Are you growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? And, and then be careful to know. You gotta know Him. You gotta know His Word. You gotta know what's going. You can't forget. Everyone said, be careful. He closes out this cha this, this chapter, this letter with the warning to be careful. We must be confident. Everybody say confident. But we also have to be careful. And not allow the enemy to rob us and steal from us and lead us astray. Listen, understand me today. I know how the enemy works. I know in this room right here that the devil has been working overtime in some of your brains, leading you astray. Telling you things that are a lie and not true. Trying to get you to do things that you should not do. Go places you should not go. Using your flesh, the lust of your flesh to lead you astray. Listen, God doesn't... Hey, listen. Don't listen to those voices. Listen to the voice of God's Word. Let Him have His way in your life. Jesus is coming back again. Let's stand up together. I want to pray for you today. You may be here today and you've never given your life to Christ. Listen, today, oh Mother's Day, for goodness sake, it would be a great thing for you to bow your head and just say, Lord, I want to give my life to you. You may be here today, and as a child, you made some level of commitment to Christ, but you're not walking it out. Listen, it's kind of my understanding that when you really get born again, something on the inside of you says yes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just ask you a couple of points. Hey, it's right up noon. I, hey, I, I won't be long. I'll give you time with mom. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, you know I'm not walking with Jesus. I'm not ready for Him to come back. Today I want to get right with Him. I want to be ready for His return. I want to live, the, I want to be way, the way He wants me to be. If that's you today, wherever you are, just slip up your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. Amen. Anyone here? Anyone else? Amen. Father, today, as we close out this service, we thank you for who you are to us. And Lord, we thank you that you're coming back. I want everybody in this room just to, hey, even if you're not so sure about this, just begin to, in faith, just say, Jesus, thank you that you're coming back for us. Lord, thank you for the promise of your return. Lord, birth within us a hope of your return an excitement and anticipation. Lord, let the knowledge of the return of Jesus Christ to planet Earth cause us to be and live a way that we, you would have us to be and live. Let it change. Let this message to, today change the way we live life on planet Earth. I thank you for it. Lord, for those that are struggling in their walk with you, I want everyone to pray this prayer together with me. And today, if you're struggling in your walk with God, you've never really given your life to Him. I want everyone out loud to pray this prayer with me today. If this is you, if I'm talking to you, you pray this out loud with me and let's agree together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross and for paying for my sin with your blood. I give my life to you and I thank you for paying for my sin and inviting me to be your child. Today I give my life to you. I will serve you all the days of my life. And because you rose from the dead on the third day, 
I know you give me new life as well. I receive it in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I will endeavor to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. As we close today, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you made a fresh commitment to Christ, at the close of this service, I want you to do something that will benefit you, I promise you. No one who's ever done this has ever regretted it. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, as we close out this service, instead of going that way or that way, I want you to come this way. I see Josh and Laura, Jim and Trish here. They'll be here in the altar. They'll be happy to pray with you about anything. And if you've made a commitment to Christ today, you just come to them and you say, I gave my life to Jesus today when Pastor prayed. And they'll give you some information to help you in your walk with God. They'll help you serve the Lord all the days of your life. Also, if you're here today and you're searching for a church home and you believe this is where you need to be, you just come to them as well and just do this. Say, I got the divine okie-dokie. I'm at home and I want to plug in and be a part of the family of God here at Church on the Rock North. Beverly and I would love to be your pastoral uh, 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 team. And we'd love for our team to reach out to you and see you grow in Christ. We'd love to see our family grow today because of you being here. And so if that's you today, God bless you. You just come as well. And I just want to wish all the mothers one more time a happy Mother's Day today. Enjoy yourself. Spoil your mother. If your mother's already in heaven, she's not here with you. You just enjoy the, the banana pudding memories. Uh, and just, uh, just have a great day. Don't be sad today. Be happy in the Lord. Everybody say happy, happy, happy. Amen. Wednesday night's going to be a great night. I'll see you Wednesday night. Be here on Wednesday night with our growth groups. All is well. Everybody say all is well. Love somebody. God bless you. Everybody shout with me. Happy Mother's Day. You are dismissed. God bless you.